0: Greetings, friends. Welcome to the podcast, Boldly Growing Forward. I'm Becca, person of transgender experience, and the purpose of this is to have conversations with different lenses. We're in a diverse world, and diversity means there's going to be conflict in beliefs, understandings, experiences, all of that. And what I want to do here is I want to create a space where different lenses can contribute to the conversation to help all of us navigate what's going on. You know, the internet's a big place and we've managed to connect with each other in ways that are unfathomable to 50 years ago. But the downside to doing so is that we discovered the world is a lot bigger than we thought it was. And there are so many outcomes to living in such a quick and big world. It's difficult to navigate these conversations. Where do I land? Does this upset me? Does Is this something I approve of? Is this a bad person? Is this a good person? All of these are things that just run through our head constantly in today's climate. I want to start at, what about me? Who am I? I'm just some random person on the internet, right? Yes, <laughs> that's true, but also my experiences in life have been Amazing and tragic and beautiful and all of the complex things that led to a very broadened lens. So I am someone who grew up low class, you know, I was born to a single mother. She, uh, she was on her own journey of pain. And in doing so, I went through a lot of terrible things as a child. She herself was a narcissist. Um, I also was molested in kindergarten. I watched her. She married uh, someone who uh, beat and sexually assaulted her with me in the room for many years. Uh, she made me become an adult very quickly. Um, I started working at 12 years old and never stopped. And I was part of a newspaper where she was the editor and that led to a very abusive, and difficult experience for a kid. So all of those experiences led to some addiction. Not some addiction. Ten years of addiction. I wanted to block it all out. I didn't know how to process my anger and my complex emotions. And in other episodes, I'll go into more details on all of those experiences as they are all very complex and they all tie to my healing journey, which happened... After 10 years of addiction, I decided I didn't want to be who I was becoming. And so I sought recovery. And in doing so, I discovered that I was denied a childhood experience. I was denied the opportunity to have what other people my age had at the age that they had it. And so at 30 years old, I had to learn how to reciprocate relationships. I had to learn what love is because my version of love was from a narcissist point of view. I had to unlearn narcissistic traits. I had to make amends for the damage I did. I went through quite a journey where I stripped down all of those defensive and toxic layers that kept me safe. And I had to discover who I was. (laughs) And that is a beautiful journey, friends, I tell you. And a couple years into my healing journey, I started breaking my comfort zone and I needed to start building the positive emotions. Now that I stripped away the negative ones, I needed to build the positive ones. And that led to an interesting situation where I discovered there was a piece of me that was suppressed since the first grade, since the first time I had to hide in a closet and listen to terrible things happen. And that led to my transition journey where I transitioned male to female, well, male to trans woman. And I spent three years as a trans woman and currently identify as someone of transgender experience because I kept doing the work. It wasn't enough that I just was being affirmed by other people. I wanted to understand diversity better. And in doing so, I actually discovered that I had a solution for a problem that I didn't know how to articulate at that time, which is part of the process, right? One of the hardest truths about a healing journey is to understand that tomorrow you may have a completely different understanding of your pain than you did the day before. And it's quite a beautiful revelation when you're able to reflect on it in positive and healthy ways. So that brings me to here. I started creating content on TikTok and Instagram that led to an audience of people who want to navigate these complex conversations. And while we all have our biases and we all have our stances and experiences and and such, we still want to navigate it. I genuinely don't think that the majority of people that activists claim are the problem are there to intentionally hurt. There's a difference between intention and impact, right? What I've learned is that many people simply want to understand, wrap their heads around it so they can add it to their collection of experiences and determine approved or not approved. Now that does not mean hate or love. It 100% doesn't. Those are two completely different emotions and People who go through addiction recovery and healing journeys, they have to understand that about their emotions, that it, it, it isn't a surface level easy route. To be at peace with yourself and be at peace in a world of conflict, you have to be able to really deep dive in. And I genuinely think that's where many people land, regardless of what activism and social justice conversations say. And that's what this platform is going to be. I'm going to invite different lenses and experiences into these conversations and simply discuss our interpretation of it. And it's not about right or wrong, approved or not approved, inferior or superior. It's about my experiences are leading me to this thought process. And this thought process makes me feel this. And then we can challenge ourselves a little bit. Some basic rules that I follow when it comes to diverse conversations is to listen, to understand, do not listen to reply. I think we're in a world where we just are waiting to respond. We don't want to actually digest and take in what other people say. We just want to contribute our lens of the conversation. And when we deny people their voice, which is what that behavior does, it leads to defense mechanisms, stress response system, all that stuff. Another rule I like to do is to understand with compassion. So my experience is unlike anyone else's experience, and so is everyone else. No two people in the world have the same experiences. And to have empathy requires compassion. Whether you approve of it or not, it still requires compassion. And so what does this look like if I was in their shoes? And that seems like a really cliche statement, but really deep dive into it. If I was someone who experienced a series of trauma and my output is something that doesn't make sense to me that I find disheartening or troubled, okay, so get past the disapproval and get into the, okay, well, of course that would make sense based off of their experience. This would be the outcome. But does that equate to shame? Or does that equate to compassion and understanding. And once you get to that place, it's a lot easier to remove the shame and resentment, right? And the final rule I like to follow is challenge yourself, not others. Listen, the internet is, is great, but it also has conditioned us to think that we operate in not only an echo chamber in a vacuum, but our voice is the most important voice because of our screens. And challenging ourselves is very difficult because it requires us digging into the more complex emotions, shame, guilt, embarrassment. I genuinely believe most of our defensive and offensive mechanisms are triggered and fueled by shame, guilt, and embarrassment. And when we're able to dissect that and really understand what about our previous experiences or beliefs are leading us to this negative feeling... Once we're able to get that, we can overcome it. And I'm not necessarily saying it's required to overcome it for acceptance. It's required to overcome it for internal peace. And that's what the point of these conversations are to get us to. We need more internal peace in the world because once we can do that and we're out of our stress response system, we can actually start solving for real problems. People are very easy to manipulate when they are in the stress response system. And between internet and politicians and diverse conversations, we are mostly in a stress response environment. And as a result, we're able to be manipulated. If a headline triggers you, you don't have enough rationality behind your emotions. It's just plain and simple. And there's nothing wrong with that from a shame perspective, but we do have to be honest about it. And I come from a place where I was manipulated my whole life. I, I was always told what to do and, and that required experiencing nightmarish things. And I don't like being told what to do. But once I realized that my emotions and my reactivity allowed people, abusers and narcissists to be able to control me, that was my big motivation for where I'm at today. I. I'm not going to give up my power to an abuser because I'm emotionally reactive. Now, that doesn't mean I I don't have my passions. It doesn't mean I don't have where I've landed. It simply means I need to understand when my emotions have taken over and I am no longer in control of the outcome for my internal peace. And that's the basis for how I want to have these conversations. Now I want to focus on addiction. Addiction is very powerful and I genuinely think that the drive behind most of what's holding us all back in these conversations is addiction. Now addiction can be more than substances, it 100% can, it can be behaviors. And when you really break down what addiction is, addiction is regulating in healthy or unhealthy ways to numb or look over or dismiss complex situations or feelings right your brain releases dopamine and that dopamine it let's say you do a behavior and that behavior releases a dopamine well you have now conditioned your brain to go "Ooh, i want this that's what the dopamine does and then you start reinforcing yourself and your neurological wiring to go Okay, so when this bad thing happens, I know that I need dopamine to feel better. And this action releases the dopamine. That's the root of addiction. And think about conflict. Think about having an argument with someone online on social media. You are attempting to regulate a complex emotion by having a reactivity And that reactivity makes you feel good because you have God complex on your screen. And boom, dopamine release. And then you bypass actually processing complex emotions, which is where I land to the challenge yourself, not others. I have a huge soft spot for folk who struggle with addiction, mainly because our society and our culture promotes it, romanticizes it. Think about the damage alcohol and drugs really do to somebody as an individual and their life and people they know. And yet this is widely accepted and promoted. Bars, commercials, grocery stores. And you go, okay, well, it's just a personal choice. People with self-control don't have that problem. Okay. But so many people program their brain to require dopamine because of usage. And the message isn't about, oh, this is the dangers of doing so. The message is about do it responsibly. Well, what does responsibly mean when we're in a constant stress response environment, right? And I think that a lot of us are in denial about our addictive traits. I have an addiction personality, as in I had to really build a lot of skill sets to understand when I was leaning into a behavior or an action or a hobby or a substance. And I was doing it to the point where it was negatively impacting other aspects of my life. Rewarding ourselves should be about balance, but in a world of convenience, that's not what happens. We reward ourselves in an unfillable void. And this is a really harsh truth for a lot of people, but there are healthy addictions, but even those have to be checked, right? So if I think about, okay, I'm having a bad day, you know, I I don't drink and do drugs anymore, so what does that mean? Okay, I'm going to go on a hike. Okay, sounds healthy. I go on a hike, I feel better. The next day, something bad happens again. Shoot, I got to go on a hike again. The next day it happens again. The next day it happens again. Now I am calling into work to go on a hike. Now I am dismissing attention with my loved ones to go on a hike. Now I'm doing it alone. It's a very quick spiral for for people who struggle with addiction. And it's more common than people realize it is. And the gateway to it is those quick reward emotions. Those actions that make us feel better in the moment right? Smoking, drinking, drugs, sex, violence, arguing with people online. These are all things that really reinforce addictive traits. And I will never add shame to this conversation, and which is why I have such a soft spot for it. If we were a society that were more trauma aware, and we were more compassionate towards those who struggle with addiction, I genuinely believe we would have a complete shift in not only the politicians that we have in charge of us, but our ability to navigate the blue orb without finding a reason to determine whether something is safe or unsafe. And if you really focus on drugs and alcohol specifically, how many deaths, how many violent actions, how many lives have been ruined to them? But hey, do it responsibly, right? Right. And this applies to the medical community as well. You know, creating customers who are codependent on pills that make them feel better as opposed to doing the work so they can navigate complex emotions. That's not doing a service. It's doing a disservice. Now, I'm not saying there aren't people who they absolutely need it to to neurological wiring. The toxins in our environment have done all kinds of things to how we've evolved negatively to adjust to our toxic environment. And there are neurological things that they do now require chemical adjustment, but that's not everybody, right? You think about someone who's depressed all the time and instead of working through those complex emotions, they go to a couple of doctors, therapist, general doctor, and next thing you know, they have something that makes them feel better. And then they still continue to avoid those complex emotions. And they they use this this dopamine-releasing action every day on the clock to do it. And what happens when they don't do it? They have a negative outcome of some sort, and it furthers their complex emotional and mental problems. Then they go get a subscription for that, a solution for that. And it's a cycle. One thing about me that you will learn over time is... I struggle with the medical community. I think there's a time and place for medical intervention. I think we have created a society that is very codependent as customers to the pharmaceutical industry. I mean, I'll just call it what it is. And I think that that is creating a huge group of people who are incapable of navigating complex emotions uh, they lack conflict resolution as in being able to have conflict and resolve it as opposed to adding more conflict to it. And I have a very strong voice in that commun- in, the, in the medical freedom community specifically around this. And as I've led support groups of many kinds, whether it be addiction, uh, transgender experience, LGBTQ, Trauma survivors, abuse survivors, as I've participated and led many of these groups, I see the same thing over and over and over again. Regardless of the the labels and the characteristics of the people, we actually are a lot simpler than we give ourselves credit for. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but I do mean it in a way that we are trying to solve problems at micro levels. When if we looked at a broader picture We could solve so many more so much more effectively and be able to get past the manipulation that political leaders are doing with us. Now, you've heard me mention it a couple times by now, but the bias spectrum, my healing journey and my understanding of people has led me to a very firm belief that our bias spectrum is what's out of whack. So think about what five six hundred years ago our survival mechanisms required us to actually survive out in the wilderness against creatures to hunt all of those things you know actually navigate our life being in danger if we ever drop the ball and we've evolved a lot as a culture into a world of convenience now as a species is any species, as, as, as a collective of organisms on the floating orb, survival mechanisms are necessary for the species. Name a species who has survived all of the elements without adjustments, whether it be how they survive, um, the physical evolution, all of that stuff. Well, that applies to us too. I mean, I know we think that we're more complex than animals, but we're just animals with more complex (laughs) emotions and thoughts. As far as I understand it, of course, I'm not exactly a zoologist or a neurologist, but that's where I've landed. And our bias spectrum is not a negative thing. It's necessary for the survival. So what is it? It's a collection of our experiences that we use to assess safe or unsafe. Right? So, without a bias spectrum, we would see a tiger showing its teeth at us, and without our bias spectrum to go safe or unsafe, we would approach the tiger and get mauled by the tiger. Okay, that makes sense. However, most of us aren't wandering the earth in fear of a random tiger. And so, in a world of convenience, that mechanism is still part of our wiring and it's necessary. But we've applied it to some of these more complex things that we think make us above what being a species is. Emotions. And so we consider comfortable or uncomfortable, safe or unsafe. And so in these conversations where we're really focused on feeling and introspective work and we're really... Focused on us, right? We're, we're a me generation now. We have our feelings, and if they make us feel uncomfortable, our neurological response is to go, oop, unsafe. And once the bias spectrum is triggered, and usually it's from guilt, shame, or embarrassment in regards to feelings, then the defense mechanisms comes out. Fight, flight, or freeze, or fawn, and apply this concept to how we engage with each other on social media and in-person interactions, right? So if I'm walking down the street and I have a collection of experiences of my life so far, and I see a brand new type of person, never seen him before in my life, who knows what the characteristics are? And I go, okay, safe or unsafe, because that's what we're doing. As we wander the earth, we're always looking for safe or unsafe, or uncomfortable versus uncomfortable. And so this person, I I don't understand what I'm looking at, therefore it's uncomfortable, okay? So if it's uncomfortable, why is it uncomfortable? Maybe it's a characteristic that makes me feel embarrassment. Okay. So I'm going to apply embarrassment that I am feeling unknowingly, and I'm going to categorize this person as unsafe and now fight, flight, or freeze kicks in. For me, honestly, it would probably be flight um, because I avoid discomfort. I know that about me, which is what led me to a very purposeful lifestyle of being uncomfortable and vulnerable because I understood what uncomfortability was holding me back with. And that's how our bias spectrum works, folks. It's at that. It's really that simple, and we need to be a lot more honest about it. And I will tell you, anyone who has struggled with and worked through addiction will agree that that is how that works. Because they have to wander the earth and, you know, not only experience complex emotions, but they have to talk themselves off that cliff. And that requires working through those complex emotions, right? So, you know, why is this a bad day? Ah, because I feel this. Well, why do you feel this? Well, because I'm not getting this. Okay, so why are you feeling this? Because you're not getting this. Uh, because it creates a deficit thinking and I feel like a failure and I tie it to some sort of traumatic event. That's the skill set needed to navigate these complex conversations. And you don't learn it in school. You don't learn it in college. You don't learn it from many mentors. You learn it out of necessity because you hit a rock bottom. And I and someone who likes to solve problems, right? There's three types of people in the world. Those who see problems, solve problems, and create problems. I'm a problem solver. And the solution I see to helping us navigate our social evolution together is to start promoting emotional intelligence and navigating these complex situations through our bias spectrum with challenging ourselves and building our experiences. And that'll get us to a place where we can actually communicate with each other, actually find solutions together. Regardless of where you stand, all of these categories of people that exist, we all contribute to the big picture in our own ways. We just don't realize it because we're conditioned to experience life through a screen. But even if you don't agree with a person's lifestyle or how they present themselves or their political beliefs, they still contribute to the conversation whether you like it or not. Now imagine a world where we are all contributing to the conversation and bypassing those things that take us off the rails and we're no longer rationalizing. And then we could start having leaders in power who can't manipulate us. So instead of leaders with negative or malicious or sinister agendas, we have leaders who are there to actually guide large groups of people, into success and prosperity and growth and solving real problems. I think that's a beautiful motivation to approach these conversations. And I think, honestly, both or all of the sides of the political spectrum, that's the desired outcome. But we can't get there without living in our truths first. And that's why I'm talking to y'all today and what these episodes are going to be about. So I'm going to deep dive more into my past and future episodes, but I will also be inviting other people to join me to navigate these complex conversations through their lenses, and it's going to be a wonderful thing. So that'll conclude this episode, and I look forward to expanding these conversations. I look forward to talking to the different lenses in a place of understanding instead of a place of defense and proving right or wrong. Next episode, I'm going to talk about the transgender experience and what I've gone through with that. It's, it's very complex and it's not even done, but I think it's important that there is a lens applied to it that people can interpret without the charged emotion. So for now, signing off and stay amazing, friends.